2: in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach.
0: i got to ask you this out there, Christian America.
2: It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave good. Happy,
0: uh, happy August 16th. It's probably somebody's birthday somewhere along the line. So happy birthday to anybody who's born on August 16th. I want to thank you for the miracle that God performed yesterday in the life of Mike Blake. And even though I'm not going to talk a whole lot about it and, not, you know, give any personal information, Mike Blake's dad's in the hospital with a broken hip. And Mike was uh, was awakened, a series of events, awakened at 3 a.m. to go to the hospital to visit his dad. And they were just getting ready to give him remdesivir. There. Mike just happened to be able to be able to intervene and i th- I thank God today for the Holy Spirit or whatever it was that got Mike up to go do that and uh these kind of things I think are available to us all the time folks if we have the ability to hear from hear from the holy spirit and i've just, i've been really struck uh, yesterday on my Brideon show i did uh I had David Paxton on yesterday and I'm gonna have to do a redo with him because the show would uh, the technology wasn't very good. I believe it was on David's end. It kept freezing up, and it was—I mean, it was—it <laughs> was stressful on my end. <coughs> Excuse me, trying to do a show if I didn't know if, if he could hear me, if the people could hear. It's forty-four minutes from hell in a lot, in a lot of ways. But uh, uh, the Lord has really, really been speaking to me over the last uh, several days, and I want to want to dive into this here this morning as well, so you can prepare yourself. This might be a one of those Michelle told me yesterday, I, listen, I want to say this again. I love my wife so much. I can't even tell you how much I love my wife. And uh, uh just, I just I just love my wife. And uh she said to me yesterday she said, "Man, you were kind of harsh today." <laughs> and I uh, I said, "Yeah, cuz I got talking about being butt hurt and all that kind of stuff. Maybe it was in the after show <laughs> wherever it was." And she says, "Yeah, I said, "Honey, that's what that's coaching." That's what coaching is. If you're going to be a successful coach, you can't always rub people on the back. You can't always pat them on the back and tell them what a brave little soldier they are. Sometimes they need a kick in the arse. That's coaching. And that's what separates the men from the boys. You find out very, very quickly in this coaching profession, whatever it was I did, done my whole life, you're going to find out who's tough and who's not tough, who can take a licking and keep on ticking not everybody can. And what I want to know, and what I think is important for all of us to know, is I want to know right now who's going to sell out the Lord before I'm in a foxhole with you, counting on you and finding out then you sell out the Lord. There's a separation going on, folks. There's a separation. Not everyone who says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom. This is, being a Christian is a very, oh, thank you, Lord. Don't get me going on that when the Holy Spirit unless you want me to. Being a Christian, are you looking at me? This is a very, very select group. Not everyone who says unto me, Lord, Lord. (laughs) Not everybody, not every one of those churches filled with all those Christians. Not every one of them. The Lord said that. I, I, I didn't say that. Spencer, earn your pay this morning. See if you can find that scripture for me today. huh? Not everyone who says unto me, Lord, Lord. See if you can dig that thing up to me. Broad is the way. Narrow is the gate. Many come, few find it. That's what the Bible says, not me. And we're spreading a Christianity. We're spreading an all-inclusive Christianity. And that is what the Bible teaches, friends.
2: Matthew the 7.
0: The, what do you say, Johnny?
2: Matthew 7, 22, yeah,
0: 23, seven. 24. Right. Or 21, Matthew 21. And on down through it if he can. Not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven.
4: Matthew 7, 21.
0: Got it, Johnny. We got it. Thank you. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. And many are going to say to me in that day. "Men, You guys notice the verbs or the, the modifiers? Many. Many, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? and Have we not cast out devils in your name? And have we done all these wonderful works? And didn't we start this street ministry? And didn't we, didn't we, yeah, de- 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 Lord, have not we done all these wonderful things for you, Lord? He says, yeah, yeah. Uh, tell me again, what do you mean? Who are you? Mm. And then will I profess unto them, dude, I'm sorry. Who are you? Who are you again? Can you tell me that again? Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Now, I was going to jump into a doctrine that I don't, I don't it doesn't really matter to me. The, the, I, I'm, hey, listen, I'm going to ride this horse here. Bear with me a second, okay? The whole once saved, always saved doctrine. Uh I don't know what you guys think. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to love my children forever. I'm going to love them forever. My love for my children is unconditional. But I want you to hear me. They can break covenant with me. They can break that relationship. And then it says no one can pluck them out of my hand. They can jump out, and if we if we think that this that Jesus that Almighty God the King of Kings sent His only begotten Son to die that horrible death on the cross, so that you could come partway in, you could just kind of sort of be a Christian. He says, "Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things that I say? Why do you do that?" it's really been uh, it's really been on me heavy since since uh, with, again with David Paxton this weekend out of Betty's thanks again Betty uh, it really penetrated it really penetrated me and I looked at my own life look, looked at my own life and said why do I claim to be a Christian and not do what he asked me to do what why why do I would anybody again I, I, I go back to my old football coaching why would I put a quarterback in the game and let him run his own play how long would a guy stay on the foot, how, how long would a guy stay on my football team on the field if he was running his own play? If I told him to block, like, would you block him? Will you block that guy? Will you block? Well, coach, I felt like I ought to get this guy, and he does it over and over. And I said, you know what, dude, come over here and sit down. I never knew you. I'm gonna get another guy in there. We have a Christianity where we think it's like Santa Claus. Just everybody come and sit on his lap, folks. He sent his son. Anybody got a son out there? Anybody got a son out there? How many of you would sacrifice your son and then just cheaply let people come? Lord said, why do you call me Lord? You don't do what I ask you to do. You know. Lord said, for you to know to do good and not to do it, well that's sin. Well what is sin? It's disobedience. Disobedience. And you can hang on to all you want to the to the to the bless me gospel, to the what do they call that? Whatever that evangelifish gospel. You can hang on to that all you want to, but you better realize that you may stand before the Lord and he's going to say, dude, I'm sorry. You never did one thing I asked you to do. Oh, that's not true. You did about 20% of what I asked you to do. About 20%. Yeah, you did every once every once in a while. When it benefited you, you would you would do the gospel. Then you would. But I can tell you the truth, my friend, the Lord would be saying to me, you never did the hard thing for me. I watched him when it got tough. You you went and hid. You went and hid in your prayer closet and acted like you were fighting in your prayer closet rather than out on the front lines where I want you to be. And he said you were my ambassador and you were my representative, and that if you didn't go and speak, my word didn't go. Fight didn't go. It didn't go forth. I just trusted you. I put my Holy Spirit in you, and I told you go into all the world, and you didn't do it. That's an unjust servant, isn't it? An unjust servant. An ark nation is strewn, can I say it, with phony Christians, phony Christianity, right, who are only in for for the good times. Can the Lord trust you? That's the one thing I wrote down here today. Can the Lord trust you? Are you, are you a man of your word? Do you tell the Lord you're going to do something you're going to do? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Do you tell your spouse you're going to do something and follow through and do it? Do you tell your children you're going to do something and follow through and do it? Do you? Do you tell your pastor? do you tell your friends you're going to do something, follow through and do it? Do you tell people you're going to be there and you don't show up? See, we think, we think, I, I, I don't know what we think. I don't know what we think. Broad is the way, narrow is the gate. Few find it. Why do few find it? Because it's freaking hard. It's hard. Notice few find it. See, broad is the way. You don't have to find that broad way. Do you? you don't have to find that one. Well, boy, that narrow gate, that narrow passage, <laughs> you got to uh, you gotta dig and look and find that thing. The Bible tells us that very few find it. I don't know if it's a salvation issue. I don't know. Is it salvation? I don't know. I don't know. But I know this. I'm going to stand before. Uh, I'm going to stand before the Lord, and He's going to play the game films. He's going to play my game film, and he's going to say, "Hey, Coach, look, look right here. You had a chance to stand up, and make a difference for me. You didn't do it. What's that all about? What's that all about, Coach? Because we told our guys in football, the eye in the sky does not lie, and the guy sits you down." Coach sits you down, and he shows you the game films, and he can show you time after time after time where you didn't block your man. Eye in the sky doesn't lie. We're going to stand before the Lord, and they say your life's going to flash in front of you. You know what's going to flash in front of you? All the times you sold him out. All the times you said you were going to do something, you didn't do it. All the times you made a deal and didn't follow up on somebody. You don't have to say amen, because I know your toes are swollen. Mine are swollen. And I just pulled this up there real quickly, Spencer. If you can, I just sent it to you as we were talking. What what verse is that, Spencer? Uh, it, say, it says, "Lie." Well, pull that up there, if you would, for me, real quickly. Huh? Deuteronomy twenty-eight. Oh, <laughs> no, I, you. I just sent it to the standard number passage 23. It's, uh, Numbers twenty-three. God is not a man that he should lie. Now I'm going to stop right there. A second. It doesn't say God's not a man. It says God's not a man that would he would lie. And neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken and shall not made, make it good? Are you a man, woman of your word or not? Are you? Are we? And what are the consequences of not being one? How does it impact those around you? Tell you a story about my good buddy, Coach Norm Emmets. I've told this before, 10, 15 years ago. It's been a long time ago now. When our son ran into some, some problems and I picked up the phone and I, I called Coach Norm. He's, Norm is and was my best buddy. I, I called him and said, told him what had gone on. And Coach Norm's reaction on the other end of the phone was really kind of muted. I said, man. It was kind of odd when I hung up the phone. I told him what had happened. He hung up the phone. Forty minutes later, he was at my door. He jumped in his car and immediately ran to my aid. See, we expect the Lord to do that, don't we? But do we do that? Do we do that for our brothers and sisters? Are we our brother's keeper? Are we too busy? Are we too busy to help our brother? Are we too busy to whatever it would be, whatever it would be? See, church, church has screwed everything up for us. It screwed everything up for us. Because you go to the church and you give the church all your money. And the person sitting beside you can't even, doesn't even have enough money to eat. You give your money to the church. The church does what with the money? Smoke screens and hire employees and carpet and blacktop. You know what I'm talking about, right? And that personal one on one connection between you having a need and me filling it. You can't you can't beat that. That's that's relationship building, see. That's relationship building. And we're not, dare I use this word? We're not promise keepers. Sorry. We expect the Lord to keep his word. But we're not promise keepers. I played this song this morning. My wife got up a little bit late. And she came out out when I was doing my show prep. She says, what? What What? What are you listening to that for? So I'm going to play it with you. Get ready, Myra. I haven't forgot about you. I forgot about you. Spencer, pull it up number, oh, where is it? Uh, Randy, second thing, Spencer. Play it at 1.5 speed. I want you to think about the profundity and the destructive nature of broken promises. Go ahead, Randy. All right. (laughs) Go ahead, Spencer.
3: Cheap perfume and painted faces fallen angels fill the places Where I go when my troubles pull me down And all the lies I know they'll tell me And the time that they will sell me for a while I'll be the biggest man in town Back at home, in bed she's crying For her love for me is dying But she'll pray i make it safely through the night When the morning sun starts showing To her bedside I'll be going And she'll hold me While I face the morning light And I'll make promises Promises to change I'll make her promises Swear I'll rearrange And I'll start giving All the love she needs If only she will stay Once again She'll reassure me And I believe her love will cure me And I'll fall asleep With tears on my face And I know she's just a woman And her love can't last forever And someday soon I know she'll leave without a train. Oh, broken promises will tear her dreams apart. Just token promises will someday break her heart. And for the last time, she'll hold me when I cry and while I'm sleeping. She'll quietly say goodbye.
0: Oh, that the Holy Spirit would quietly say bye and we wouldn't even know it because he's not a man that he should lie. But we are a man who constantly do it. And uh, there are consequences to it, folks. Consequences to it. And... uh I wanted to get that off my chest today. It's not aimed at anybody in particular. I look I look across the mess of my extended family, not, not my brothers and their kids and the extended boom family, 70 of us, maybe more. There are a lot of broken people. I'm going to tell you this. You follow the breadcrumbs. Most of them are a result of broken promises. Most of them. So, uh, Deuteronomy 28, pull that up there, Spencer. You better re- realize that our relationship with the Lord and our relationship with one another is Conditional. Jesus Christ, Almighty God, gives unconditional love. And most of us as parents give unconditional love to our children. But it teaches us in Deuteronomy, and it teaches us all throughout the Scripture, that if you do this, I'll do this. And if you don't do this, this is going to happen to you. Much of what we have in the Bible is conditional, not guaranteed. Guaranteed. And I wonder what our reaction would be if you really realized you could lose your salvation. You know, it tells us in Revelation chapter 3, verse 5. Can you do that real quick, Spencer? I'm sorry. Just going where the Holy Spirit's taking me. Revelation chapter 3, verse 5. It says this He that overcometh, the same, same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life. So if he's not going to blot it out, does it mean he can? Does it mean he can blot it out? And would it be different if we understood that he's going to replay those game films and he's going to show us all the times that we said that we were going to do something, we didn't do it. All the times when we said we were going to be faithful to him, we didn't do it. Is he gonna replay that game game film? You better believe in grace, baby. You better believe in grace. Because you all tell, I'll tell you all of us, there's nothing harder than actually deeply forgiving someone who deeply harmed you. Somebody say amen. Nothing amen. harder than you amen. Can amen. Can deeply forgive someone who's deeply harmed you. It has to be almost supernatural. And can you imagine if such a thing were possible? Can you imagine the look on our Lord's face at the number of us who betray him daily? Sobering thought, isn't it? Don't want to scare you. (laughs) Want to wake you up? Let's go back to Deuteronomy, real quick. I haven't forgotten you, Myra. I haven't forgotten. You. Go back to Deuteronomy. Came to pass, if you will, <laughs> conditional, it come to pass that if you shall hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do all of His commandments which I command you this day, the Lord thy God will set you high above all nations on the earth. That's His covenant, covenant. Right there it is. That's the covenant. If you hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord to observe and to do, to observe and to do, to observe and to do, what will happen? All these blessings will come upon you and overtake you. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. You're going to be blessed in the city. Roll, get, get scrolling, man. You're going to be blessed in the city and bless shall you be in the field. You're going to be Blessed shall you be the fruit of your body, the fruit of the ground, fruit of the cattle, increase your animals, flocks of your sheep. Blessed shall be your basket and your store. Blessed shall you be when you come in. Blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord shall cause your enemies to rise up against you to be smitten in their face. they come. This is his conditional promise. If you do this, do and obey, hearken and obey. This is what this, hey, this is what you get shall command the blessing upon you in three in thy storehouses and all you set your hand unto, shall bless thee in the land which the Lord hath given you. The Lord shall establish you as a holy people unto himself, and all the people of the earth shall see that are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall all be afraid of thee. And the Lord shall make thee plenteous and goods and the fruit of your body and the fruit of your cattle and the fruit of the ground and the land which the Lord swear to give unto your fathers. And the Lord's going to open up this treasure, good treasure, of heaven to give the rain into the land to bless all the work of your hand. You shall lend unto many nations, they shall not borrow. And the Lord shall make you the head, not the tail; shall be above, and not beneath. And if that, if that, if that thou hearken unto the commandments of the Lord thy God, which I command you this day to observe and to do them, you're gonna go aside from the words which I command you this day to the right hand or the left to go after other gods and serve them. But it shall come to pass if you don't hearken unto the voice of the Lord. Boom! Cursed here, cursed there, cursed here, cursed there, cursed, there, cursed, here, cursed here, cursed there, cursed here, cursed there, cursed here, cursed there. That's an un, that is a conditional promise, folks. That is a conditional covenant. You do what I tell you to do and get out of the way, baby. Here come the blessings. But if you don't, buckle up. Cause here come the curses, and it all has to do with whether or not you hearken and obey to what he's told us to do. And I thank God for the grace of I thank God for grace because I haven't hearkened and obeyed. And confess that with me, I haven't. I'm I'm a I uh, can uh, <clears throat> I'm a situational follower of Jesus. That'd be me. I'm a situational father follower. I follow him when I get in trouble, when I need something, then I call on him, then I call on him. But when he wants me to do something, I'm too busy. Lord, I can't do that. They're going to laugh at me. They're going to say stuff about me. Lord, I can't do that, Lord. It's conditional. <clears throat> you better hope he's full of grace. We better hope he is. And the, the sad thing is uh, we hear, we use the word heavenly father. and We try to bring others into the kingdom, talking about our heavenly father, talking that Christianese, that Christianese language that they don't understand. Try to bring others to the father, and they, uh, they don't want to come to the father. They had one of those. <laughs> they had one of those guys. <laughs> they don't want another one. They don't want another one. Said he'd be a father to the fatherless. Not a not not a fake daddy, not a lying daddy, not a drunken carousing running around daddy. No, no, no. He's gonna be a real daddy to the fatherless. You notice that it never says anywhere in the scripture that he would be a father to the motherless? No, no. To the fatherless. 'Cause the scourge of American culture and American society is lack of fathers. Lack of fathers. Boom. Myra, I'm gonna ask you to do something. I'm just gonna ask you to I don't want you to read any scripture. I wanna stay where we are right here. Just go ahead and, just go ahead and pray us in there, dear. I will do that, coach.
1: Holy Spirit, you're welcome to Coach Dave Haddle, and we open our hearts to you. Our released anointing that breaks the power of evil. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen, 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 amen. So do, let me do this real quick, and then, then I'll open it up, man. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry. Uh, pull up number four and number five, because <clears throat> I think this is really, really important for us to understand. David Paxson said something to me yesterday that made made a lot of lot of different lot, not a difference but opened my eyes to something. I'll go to the other one first. Go to number five first, Spence, if you could. Because <coughs> this is Christianese. We speak Christianese to people. Talk about a covenant, a covenant. I've got a covenant with my brother. What's a covenant? According to Webster's, a covenant's a mutual consent or agreement of two or more persons to do or to. Forbear some act or thing, a contract, stipulation. The covenant is created by a deed in writing, sealed and executed. Or it could be implied in the contract. In theology, the covenant of works, number three, is that implied in the commands, prohibitions and promises of God. The promise of God to to man, that man's perfect obedience, that man's perfect obedience should entitle him to happiness. This do and live, that do and die. It's the covenant. But the average person that you come in contact with, they, know what, they don't understand what a covenant is. A covenant's a contract. It just said it right there. A contract. What's a contract, Spence? Go back one now. What's a contract? To draw together or near, to draw into a less, less compass, either in length or breadth, to shorten. That. That's not what I'm looking for. Oh, that's to contract. I'm sorry. Going down, Spencer. Going down farther. There it is. There it is. An agreement. It's a noun. An agreement or covenant between two or more persons, in which each party binds himself to do or forbear some act. And each acquires a right to what the other promises a mutual promise upon law lawful consideration or promise upon lawful consideration or cause, which binds the parties to performance. A bargain, a compact, contracts are executed, executory, or executed. So I have a new covenant, I have a new contract with the Lord. A contract written in blood. He signed it in his blood. I sign it with my word. That's all there is to it. And the blessings that we read about Deuteronomy 28, do you? He doesn't break the contract. He never breaks the contract. He never breaks the contract. But, he honors the contract to be broken if you break the contract. You do this, I'll do this. You do this, I'll do this. You don't do this, I won't do this. It's a contract. It's a covenant. But it's Christianese, isn't it? Covenant. New and everlasting covenant. No, it's a contract. Can you break a contract? Right now, in your flesh, can you break a contract? We do it all the way. Do all the time. Did you ever hear somebody ever run to a guy and say, by word is my bond? My word is my bond. Is that true of you? Is your word your bond? Yet you want the Lord's word to be his bond? You want him to uphold his part of the deal when you don't? It's serious stuff, man. Serious stuff. All right, all right. I got that off my chest. We'll do more about that. Teresa, come on, come on in. I want I want you to look. I want you to look. <clears throat> Hang on. Those relationships around you that are broken—they're broken for a reason. Because you were in covenant, and uh, you didn't keep your word. You didn't hold up your end of the bargain. because you didn't, there's a trail of tears. The Bible tells us that the sins of the Father passed on to the first, second, third and even to the fourth generation. And it took me a long time to realize that I hadn't really been fathered. I had a father. I didn't... love you, dad. I had a dad who loved us. He loved us so so much, he worked double shifts at Kaiser Aluminum the whole time I was growing up. He loved us so much that he gave his life to go earn money to take care of his five kids. He loved us. But he wasn't a father in the true sense of the word. I'm not being critical, Dad. Then I did a little bit of history. You know what I found out? My dad's dad. Seven kids. My dad's dad would be gone all week working for what was called the Ohio Gas Company at that time. My dad lived down in Sugar Grove, Ohio, down south of Lancaster, Ohio. And his father went for weeks at a time to Shelby, Ohio, which is up north a little bit, almost dead, north, a little bit north northwest, probably 90 miles away from home. And he stayed up in Shelby, Ohio for weeks at a time Earning money. And he brought the money home and he took care of the family. And then he went back to work. And my dad grew up without a dad. Really? And then what was the pattern? My dad didn't know how to father, he'd never been fathered. And I look at my brothers. I'm not I'm not being critical, I'm just telling you the truth. I look at my brothers. None of us were fathered. None of us know how knew how to be a dad. And we look at our children, and I've worked really, really hard to try to be a good dad. But can I tell you the truth? I don't even know what that meant. To be a dad. What, what does that mean? What, a da- what does a dad do? What does a dad do? How do you know a good dad from a bad dad? So I grew up where my dad would say, Go ask your mom. Because that was a curse. It was a generational curse that had passed down from generation to generation to generation to generation. And many of us, a lot of you in here my age and older, we're looking at our lives saying, how did our families get so broken? Because we weren't men of our words. Hey, we, we, Amen, Coach. We we, we weren't men of our word. We didn't know what it meant. We didn't know what it meant. Say so your word is your bond. We didn't understand it. We still don't understand it. We casually say, I'll pray for you, brother, and then don't. And we don't understand the consequences of not doing it, the spiritual consequences of not doing that. That it opens up doors. To the enemy. How many of you laid in bed at night crying over the fact that your dad didn't keep his word? Said he was gonna take you here and didn't do it. Or said he was gonna do this and didn't do it. Said he was gonna be at your ball game, didn't come. So now we got this great relationship with our new spiritual Heavenly Father. We're acting the same we acted with our old earthly man, our old man earthly. Just kind of go on far away through it the best we can. Go ahead, Teresa. Did I start with Teresa? Come on in, Teresa. No? Roger. I can't hear you, Teresa, if you tried. You can try again. Can't
2: hear you, Roger. There you go. There you go. My father was very similar to yours, Dave. He he worked hard and provided, but I don't know that he ever fathered me. Probably two things I would say. I don't think I I knew what my dad had gone through.
0: It's true.
2: If I'd known then a little more, might have showed a little more grace, just like your father's father. Sometimes we're we're quick to jump. We're quick to accuse, be upset, be you know hurt when we need to settle down and understand. We may not know the whole story. We may not know what that person is going through <clears throat> right now. So um, I would just encourage. Sometimes we should not be so quick to respond to hold up the contract. You know, to hold up what we have been telling people to do, or don't necessarily commit so soon until you know the facts. What there, going yeah,
0: no on. yeah don't say I'll do it just facts. to be politically correct. That's right. That's right. Yeah.
2: It, but, let uh, your
0: word be a bond. Let your word be a bond.
2: Yeah. No, I, I don't I don't disagree with that at all, but sometimes we've got to get a little more facts before we let that word become our bond.
0: It's because, well, Thank it's, you. Integrity is in very, very short supply, folks. Very, very short supply. And if we want to ask ourselves why our nation's in such a mess, it's because integrity is in such short supply. (laughs) That's why. The Lord wants to keep his word. He's going to keep his word. He's not a man that he should lie. We just read it. Not a man that he should lie. He will keep his end of the bargain. we got to keep our end of it as well. Joanne, come on in, then Jessica. Jessica, Joanne, you're not Coach. getting him. Yeah, go, Jess.
5: Okay. Yeah. Um, you know Sorry. when we were talking, when you were talking earlier about your friend that you know jumped in his car, it reminded me of that song. I think it's by Tracy Lawrence. You find out who your friends are, and <laughs> yeah. um, you know Jesus is like that for us. The Holy Spirit is like that for us. And I guess the question is, are we like that for Him? You know, are are you know, we have a lot of songs about Jesus being our friend, but are we a friend to Jesus is, is, I guess, really the question. And um, I want, I, the reason I really raised my hand is I wanted to share a testimony when you were talking about forgiveness and talking about it being um, almost supernatural. So you had a show, it was either last week or the week before, and you were talking about, you know, how sometimes we're just bleeding. We're still bleeding. And I know I've been on a healing journey and a, and a forgiveness journey um, with a specific person and um you know sometimes the best thing we can do is just say lord help you know i can't do this on my own because forgiveness when you've been hurt deeply is and and deep forgiveness is something that is so counterintuitive to our to our human nature that we the only way we can do it is through the help of the holy spirit and and so sometimes all we can do is just keep seeking it and just say help me forgive help me help me help me so, um, it's been, you know, there's a lot of things that have been said about forgiveness, but, uh, I felt the Holy Spirit say very plainly to me, you, when you forgive, they can't hurt you anymore. They're not hurting you anymore at that point. Hmm. And I don't know it when you said it, it's almost supernatural, you're right sometimes, because even though we're, we're making that choice to forgive you don't you don't always really deeply forgive at that moment. Sometimes it just takes the Holy Spirit to step in and do yep. some work within you. And so I can say at this when I when I when I heard that, it was like I felt a release. I felt I felt like it was gone. So Amen. hallelujah, <clears throat> praise the Lord. Um, because and friends, I, listen I feel differently about it now.
0: We don't realize, Joanne, get ready. We don't realize. We don't consider what the other person has been through that makes them the way they are. Yeah, folks, they're fighting with their own ghosts, their own demons. When somebody reacts in a way that ticks you off, you don't know what you don't know what they've been through that brought them to where they are. You don't know what their generational bloodlines done. You don't have any idea. That's why David. Paxton said, and I tend to agree with him, that we need to we need to spend some time before the Lord and pull up those old broken promises, those old broken contracts and unsign them. Say, Lord, I'm sorry, I don't want to be part of that covenant anymore. That covenant that my dad made and has flown down to, I Lord, I want to take my signature off of it. And I repent of that and I won't cover the blood of Jesus. I don't want that, I don't want to be like that, Lord. As the Lord brings those to your individual thought, your individual thought, lay it before the Lord. Say, "Hey, I rescind my signature. I'm not part of that deal anymore. I'm not part of that contract. That contract was broken long ago, and I'm no longer under that." I think there's power in that, friends. I think there's power. Teresa, Joanne. I'm sorry, it's Joanne. Come on, Joanne. Ah,
1: uh, yes, coach. Um... I agree with you totally. I mean, um, what I wanted to say was that God gave us grandchildren and I think it's like a second chance. I know it is from my husband. He wasn't a good father. He did not have a good father. He had an abusive father and, um, he never did any discipline with the children. He always left it to me because he was afraid he would be like his father and abuse them. So, um, He's got a second chance with our 10 grandchildren, and he's made a wonderful grandfather. And, you know, Coach, I think he's done the same with you. Not only are you leading them godly, but you also got that second chance to um, help bring up your grandchildren and praise the Lord Amen. for that.
0: Amen. Amen. I don't, I try to take advantage of that every day. Every day I try to. Revelation 2015. That's uh, Wes.
4: <clears throat> Man. This is a heart-tugger of a discussion this morning, Coach.
0: Yeah.
4: I was just sitting here listening to everyone, and something came into my mind. And it was, how many of my issues would be resolved if I would just forgive my dad?
0: Amen! Would- Hang on a second. Quit repeating all the bad things that happened to you. It's under the blood, right? Huh? Have you forgiven your father? Then shut up about it, right? Have you forgiven your mom? Then shut up about it and stop repeating it. Go ahead, Wes.
4: Well, I was just going to say that I I've I told my dad that I forgive him, but now that I think about it, maybe I didn't really mean it at the time, and that's <laughs> why I've been carrying this around.
0: Yep. Amen. Amen. And again, not giving him grace by realizing you don't have any idea what made him that way. I look, I look at my own children. I'm thinking of Betty Perkins, how much all of us love our own children, yet there's a why, – why is there? Why is, it, why is it fire and ice all the time? But Why is it? Because I'm going to tell you something. The children don't forgive the parents because they ain't never been parents. They don't understand how hard it is, and it can't be done casually. And the truth of the matter is, many of you weren't parents. You sent them to school and let coaches parent them and let teachers parent them. You weren't parents to them. There are very few men in this queue today who were really fathers to their children, starting with me. We let somebody else father them. Now, when you come to Christ, we tell people, you're a brand new creature. You got a brand new daddy. Well, quit letting the the scars from your previous daddy continue to drag you down. You go back and you break those bloodline curses. No more. I break that contract. I'm taking my name off that contract, and I'm not talking about it anymore. I think we a lot of us need to do that. Joe, come on in. and in. Uh, Hi,
4: Coach. Yeah, this is a, a tough topic. Um. remember the song, Cats the Cradle?
0: <laughs> yeah.
4: Yeah. And uh, <laughs> where he became his dad.
0: Yep. Boy, growing up just like me. My boy is just like me. Right? Yep.
4: Yeah. It's and-
0: supposed to be a good thing, isn't it, Joe? Your kid being like you, thats that should be a good thing. But it didn't always Yeah.
4: Happen. But we... Um- in some ways we we come we we're aware of certain things and we on purpose uh, aren't like that um, <coughs> you know, when i was when i was uh, growing up I, it, I i i had severe asthma and um my dad was a Farmer in his heart, and he later became a lawyer because my mom was a lawyer. And she said, "Jack, you need to go to law school because you're, you're, you, know, you need to refine that sharp mind of yours some more." And so he went to law school at forty. And my mom took over the the farm and the law practice and had you know, I had my me and eventually my little sister. And uh, but my dad, he 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 worked, and he when he was home, he worked and he worked and he worked. And I remember if I had a bad asthma attack and I wasn't in hospital, because sometimes I was in hospital you know, for a while, um, he would rock me all night long in a rocking chair. And he would sometimes come back in, in the summer at 9, 9.30 from the fields. And he would be out at 6, gone. And all night long, he was rocking me. And he then worked that kind of a day I came back and did it again.
0: <clears throat> so, Joe, your dad, like many of the dads of our generation, they loved you by earning money. They loved you by working hard. That's how they loved. You.
4: And we saw well, that's how they, how they showed their love.
0: That's, that's right. How they can that's say right. it. But we didn't receive it that way. We received it as work was more important than family. We we didn't get it. We didn't get it.
4: Yeah, but but the one, I remember thinking throughout my life of those nights when he would rock me. And I know that he had trouble saying I love you. He really did. Uh and I have a feeling, well, partly it was generational, this is, men didn't say that kind of stuff, but also I think World War II had its piece in that. Uh I think when 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 you go through that what our dads and grandpas went through, um uh you know, I think it changes
0: you. It changes uh-huh. you. Know, gotta move on. Gotta move on. Gotta move on. Hey, folks, listen. I'm, I say this to, uh, careful how I say this. Will you stop praising the devil? Will you stop praising the devil? Say, what do you mean by that, coach? Debbie, get ready. I'm coming to you. I get sick and tired. I have a tendency to get sick and tired being around people who constantly repeat their problems to me. You're praising the devil. You're praising the devil. Speak life. Speak speak victory. Speak the faith of God, not the rearview mirror of what the devil... Stop dragging that dead man around! Amen. Stop it! Whatever's happened to you, it's happened to you. You're going to lay in the pig pen? Or you're going to, as it said, come to yourself. You're going to come to yourself and say, you know what? My dad was an a-hole. Deal with it. Move on. Move on. Don't keep telling people how much of an a-hole your dad was. Stop Stop bleeding on others. Debbie, come on in and deal.
1: Well, a couple of things. One thing, you know, my dad was the same way, worked hard, didn't have a dad, but then it was compounded with a mother who didn't know how to be a mother. Wow. You know, so we have to look at both also. You know, my mom didn't understand because at her age, she was from a divorced family, which was unheard of in the 30s, mm. really. But she didn't know, she loved this, but she didn't know how. So there's also a combination of, if a mom doesn't know how to be a mom and then produces children that don't know how to really have a family or be a a mom or a dad. And then the other thing is that, you know, we talk about covenant with people and we really don't know what other people are going through. And what I've had to learn is that I have to be careful. I have to sort of vet the people around me so that Mm. I don't misplace my trust into somebody who, really can't handle it and then come back on me that I you know you see what I'm saying I have to be more careful where I put my covenants. Hey
0: people. Debbie, let me let me let me let me say this up front, okay? To everybody out there. Most people you can't trust. Somebody give me a thumbs up. <laughs> most people you can't trust. <laughs> I'm just telling you. When the rubber meets the road, most people you can't trust. Mm. Why? We're not men and women of our words. We're not. God's not a man that he should lie, but we're men and women who do lie and then don't think anything about it. Say we're going well, to do this. Well, I yeah.
1: say disappoint us, coach. Disappoint us. Disappointment. But we're and not. Then coven- we, bleed. I we get disappointed. So careful. Yeah. We and get then disappointed. It was say, if we can't keep those covenants with each other and if we can't be good friends to each other and family,
0: how can we do it to God? Unbelievable. That's, uh, don't get me gone there, right? I, I, yeah, I've because, ta- I, I mean, it's much,
1: easier, it's much easier to be a, fr- a good neighbor than it is to be a friend and obey God.
0: It's easy to be a good neighbor because you don't really know them. That's why. Dale.
6: Hallelujah, Coach. I love it because we want to use that for our excuse why we continue to wallow in which we are. What the devil intended for evil, God used for good. I got the same blah, blah story. But you know what? In the end, I led my dad and my mom to the Lord because I didn't harbor unforgiveness. Matthew chapter 18, starting with verse 24. And when he begun to, this is about the king, the one who owed him. He says, and when he begun to reckon, one was brought unto him who owed him 10,000 talents. But as for much he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold. His wife and his children, and all that he had. Let me tell you what. When you hover on forgiveness, you're putting your wife and your children in a prison. Amen. Stop
0: it. Stop it. Stop bleeding. Jonathan and Janine. So the gospel
6: goes to the entire world. That's what we're commanded to do is take it to every tribe, tongue, and nation. Right? All these nations have family issues. Different kinds of fathers, no fathers. Mm-hmm. And what all of us have a genealogy that we're trying to repair. If we truly love the Lord, we're gonna we're gonna wanna have a fresh start with our kids. And what the Lord just showed me while everybody's talking is that when you think about it, the father sent the son, right? And what does Jesus do? He is the bread of life, he is the manna that was sent to the wilderness. He is a daily supply, right? We eat that bread every day and we come right into relationship with our heavenly father. So if we have an understanding of who our heavenly father is, it's out of that relationship that we father. And this is what the Lord showed me over the years, is that if we receive the father's love, forgetting all the other people in our life and all the bad things that have happened and and our own father, the shortcomings of whatever, if we can eat that bread of his son, because the son loved the father, Jesus loved the father. If we eat that bread of life that he gave us, we then have the energy and the capacity to love out of that. It's like we're taking away all the garbage, all the family tree, and we're going right back to the father who created us, right? Where it's a flat thing and there's no more all the history of all the stuff. Every new birth Christian comes under the father, the father of all of us, right? And I just don't think we understand Mm -hmm. what we're coming into. What we're coming into is a family relationship. It's an
0: adoption, folks. It's an adoption. You left your natural family. You're in a new family with a new father. Stop ruminating over your bad father, your bad family life before. You're a new creature, new dad, move forward, all things become new. It's what the Bible says, behold, all things become new. Hurrying through here. Janine, come on in.
7: Um, I had great parents. Uh, My father was probably very, very strict compared to most parents. But, you know, I never thought of them as being bad or, or over good or whatever. And I think uh, when we blame our parents, it's because we think in our own mind we have a standard by which they should have been. We blame everyone else because it's easier to do the blaming than to change it ourselves. And what <laughs> happens is it's just stinking thinking. All three of my children, I told them, I said, when you came... Because I wasn't serving the Lord then at the first, I, I wasn't given an instruction book. Had I yeah. known the word of God, I would have had a better uh, line. But, you know, stop blaming everybody else and, and start yeah. thinking it's because of us. God says, don't look back for crying out loud. Go mm. Go forward.
0: Put, the, put your it's, hand in the plow and don't that's look. That's
7: right. And when right? you're constantly looking back, you're getting that stinking thinking, and you're holding on to it. It's just it's just, it's just, us we need to change, it is. not it, it, our parents. It.
0: Boy, folks, our emotions keep us in bondage, right? Our emotions keep us in bondage. That's why we were talking the other day about the mind, the will, and the emotions, right? You can't let your emotions control you. And we do. Can I tell you why? Because somebody may mention a name to you, and you get that ooh, you get that feeling in you when you hear that name, ooh, because you remember the wound they left. You remember. Now, you can, if you want to, you can concentrate on that wound, or you move beyond it. And if you don't move beyond it, you've never really forgiven them. Never really forgiven them. I'm always amazed at uh, people I run into who I hear stories of, uh, infidelity and the couple stay, stays together. There's infidelity and the couple stays together. And I often wonder, how the hell do you do that? Do you understand the infidelity that we've shown towards the Lord? You understand how many spiritual girlfriends we have? Whether it be the Browns or the Buckeyes or the Bengals or our work or stake or whatever, our money. All kinds of girlfriends, always dragging them, trying to sneak our girlfriend into the house and tell our wife and our Lord how much we love Him. We love you, Lord. And I got back here in the back room. I got this whore back here in the back room. It's, I'm really trying to please. So it takes a real deep, uh, real deep uh, spiritual assessment for us to be able to, to fight through this stuff, man. That's what the spiritual war is all about. Malvin Clay couple minutes real quick. Quick.
1: Yeah, our culture promotes emotional thinking. Um, Media, TV shows, um, it's all about emotions. And I think that that's the
0: tool of the enemy. Amen. Emotions will betray, you, as my friend Chad says. Clay?
4: One thing that greatly helped me, Coach, was when I figured out that our Heavenly Father is my true father. And that my earthly father is just a brother in Christ that's a fallen sinner and he needs to be picked up and lifted up, and he makes mistakes too. And when I Amen. looked at my father and mother like that, it changed my life in the way that I think about them.
0: That's Amen, a, that's a Clay. Uh, because especially many of us, we grew up with parents of the, of the depression, right? My Lord, we, we, <laughs> we don't have any idea what they went through. No idea, right? No idea. So remember this, got to kind of wrap this up here today. It's a contract. Contract. Are you keeping your end of the bargain? Are you doing what the Lord's asking you to do? And I think probably for the most part, if we take a good evaluation of it, we're not very loyal. Our fidelity is not to the king. Our fidelity is to other stuff. When I, if it's going to change, it got to start with us individually. it got to start with us. Blessings. See you tomorrow.